off the ball. He is desperate to beat Shearer's record. There's no doubt about that. If he does beat Shearer's record, that record may last forever. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. I'm delighted to say Sarah Donovan is with us. Sarah, good morning to you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm actually, I don't mean to upset anyone now this morning, lads, but we have only five weeks and six days left of this hurling championship. And, 12th, and, of July, 12th of June, yeah. 23rd of July. Yeah, what, and so uh, how do you actually feel about that? I'm getting withdrawal already. Mm-hmm. Like this, this microwave championship. Like when I, when I actually said, oh my God, there's literally six weeks left and then it's done until February. So you've got to soak up every single minute of hurling between now and the end of July. It feels like maybe we could do with a few more games given, mm-hmm. you know, there's been an avalanche of football uh, over the last couple of weeks. Everybody's complained about too much football, but maybe there's an in-between where we get more of these games. Yeah, look, the likes of Wexford, Cork, yeah, I suppose the shortened season for those those teams, there's a window here that, that put, could be looked at next year in terms of the format. But right now, those games yesterday, they didn't disappoint. Like, where, where do you start with Limerick and Clare? I, I suppose... We talked um, when Limerick were overturned by Clare about the tackles, hooks, blocks count, right? Clare had won it, uh, 112 blocks to, to 102. And Limerick yesterday reversed the stats, 121 hooks, tackles, blocks to Clare's 109. Those stats were provided by Ray Boyne. He is on the money with this. The attitude of Limerick yesterday was pitch perfect. Um, and yet, right, we were talking about this earlier, Limerick don't feel as invincible as they have done in recent seasons. So while, look, the, the five in a row is such a big thing for them because it's history. And again, Christy O'Connor's talking about the great statisticians pointing out that there's now three of the Limerick lads who have six Munster titles and they're on their own at, um, at a level with that. I'm just going to get this exactly right. It's Hannon, Nicky Quaid and Graham Mulcahy, the first Limerick hurlers to win six Munster titles. Um, and he's now the joint most successful Munster captain of all time alongside Johnny Lahey from Tipperary. So this is a history-making team. And Oh, look, yeah, I, I was listening to Tommy the last night and he'd make the, the hair stand in the back of your neck about the history involved. And I had forgotten all of those, you know, all of those stats that he, that he was talking about last week. But I think you were talking about Alex Ferguson a while ago the levels of ruthlessness that John Kiley has brought into this setup and the organisation to get that group of players to five in a row. It, it's something to it's, it's something that we really have to, I suppose, look back at at the end of the season and say, how has he organised it? That he's finding the foreign player at the exact right moment to do the exact right thing for Limerick, which, which is ultimately what Clare couldn't do yesterday. And we were a little bit concerned about the impact that Limerick were getting off the bench up to this point. It almost felt like we'd been talking about their strength and depth, but it hadn't quite delivered for them. And then, lo and behold, it's the younger players who do deliver down the stretch. Adam English, Cahill O'Neill. Tom Morrissey was taken off yesterday. He was shaking his head. He was he was frustrated coming off yesterday because I think he felt he was like, I'm not ready to come off here. Peter Duggan was the same on the Clare side, shaking his head going, this game isn't over for me. But John Kiley said, no, Cahill O'Neill's going in now. Cahill O'Neill delivers. David Reedy delivers. The ball that David Reedy was giving Aaron Gillan. You know, hmm. Aaron Gillan is obviously the superstar yesterday, but those players, Adam English, David Reedy, Cahill O'Neill, to deliver late in the game. That's that's the beauty or the, the excellence, the, the mystery of, of Paul Kinnerk and John Kiley. How are they doing this? 
When you hear later on, Sarah, that um, uh, Conor Cleary is going to be injured with that shoulder injury, obviously not enough time to recover. A uh, bit of a surprise that Kean Nolan was was maybe detailed with 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 having to mark Aaron Galan, and it it just didn't go to plan for Clare whatsoever. Galan was outrageous. Um, maybe as I was saying this morning, did Brian Lowen take too long to to take uh, Kean Nolan off Galan? Like were there in game decisions making that Clare got wrong? Yeah, I, I think I spoke about the Cork Clare game a couple of weeks ago, and I thought that the masterstroke was bringing Shane Mori in when he did for Clare, and that was the difference between Clare and Cork. So I was surprised that he held him for so long. I think when you have a player of Aaron Gillan's talent, and you you're asking somebody to mark him, which is what they were asking Keen Nolan to do yesterday, I think if he had been tasked with thirty minutes, mm. and Shane Mori was coming in for the second thirty minutes, and you have to be cynical here when you're playing a player of Aaron Gillan's quality. So you say you can afford three, four fouls here, Kean. At that point, at that juncture, when you've hit your max, we'll put Shane Amore in. He'll get three, four fouls before the referee has to make a decision. You're talking about possibly eight different times in, in the game where they can disrupt and stop Aaron Gillan from scoring between them. And, and that's where the naivety was there yesterday. Nolan would have worked to a point and then it was Shane Amore coming in and doing the exact same job to disrupt Gillan and the, he left him on too long like we, we can talk about the positives of Limerick but also like Claire as we said this morning like it might have left it behind them you look at the, I think it was 13 wide 6 shots dropped short so it was there for Claire. it was that period before half time when, when Claire were on top and you know Ryan Taylor's heading for goal that's when you keep the scoreboard ticking over. That's that's when you tap on your scores. They'd have gone six clear. That would have been very comfortable. Mm. And it would have also settled them because in the second half, you'd uncharacteristic errors from Tony Kelly. You'd, you know, poor decision-making. The likes of Dermot Ryan catches a massive ball in the first half. And instead of settling, he drives the ball wide. You know, that's that gives the impetus to Limerick. That allows them to set up a counter-attack. And I think when Clare look back on this game, it wasn't the late free that should have been awarded that lost them the game. It's all of the little mistakes in, in those 40, 50 minutes where they were at Limerick, but they just couldn't get over the line. Can I just go back to Limerick for a second, right? In terms of mm. the rest of the season, and again, I was making the point about the history really to go that this is actually something from them and their perspective that is, is, is done now. There's, there's two more games left for Limerick to in a different competition for them to refocus and there's time for them to deal with the injury issues that they had uh, and that's the big benefit and there's obviously also time for them to come down off that massive high from yesterday but the one thing that they will be thinking is that okay everybody's just getting a little bit closer this is all getting very uncomfortable single point victories in games against sides who in recent seasons they've been able to just touch off and hold off at arm's length and I, I suspect they will be a little bit concerned. The brains trust in Limerick and the analysts will be now thinking, OK, everybody's having a go off them and everybody's coming up with slightly different ways to cause them difficulties. And they're still great champions. That's like, obviously, they're still great champions. But will everybody else be waking up this morning going, OK, all right. Yeah, well done. Congratulations. Enjoy your, enjoy your celebrations there, lads. But we're coming for you. I don't think so. I think yesterday the team hit the form that will actually get them over the line, you know, come the 23rd of July. I can't see them being beaten now. That stat, that 121 tackles, hooks, blocks, that work rate that they managed to find to beat Clare yesterday, 
that that's only going to make them more confident. And, you know, Dennis Walsh spoke about them after the Cork match, sitting under the Mackey stand as a group, unified, 31 players. I had spoken a couple of weeks ago about them missing their opportunity, that legacy moment, because I genuinely couldn't see Tip doing what they did to Waterford. They were afforded a window to do this, to, to have this legacy moment, but it's only going to make them more confident. The decisions at the end, Sarah, uh, we, we have to talk about them. So Tony Kelly and then Adam Hogan uh, both look to be clearly fouled. Certainly the, the Tony Kelly one from uh, the, the challenge from Peter Casey was was uh, very, very heavy, you'd have to say. We actually have a clip here, I think, of um, Brian Lowen, so he was asked about it after the match. Uh, so here's uh, his view. Before we ask your view, here's what uh, Brian Lowen had to say about it afterwards. You played the last 30 seconds and maybe unlucky not to get a free? Yeah. Yeah, we find it very hard to get those kind of frees. Um, um, yeah, so that's uh, that's disappointing. It's a frustrating. Obviously, a lot goes in. It comes down to fine margins always, especially in these type of games. That not getting those decisions. Yeah, sure. Look, um, uh, what can you say? You know, um, yeah, it's frustrating. Would have loved to have got a free, but we didn't. You went in at half time. A goal up at that point. Played really well in that first half. You're probably thinking at that point that you were happy enough where you're at. Yeah, we were happy enough at half time. We probably could have gone in a little bit more ahead, you know, um, just before half time. We were we were um, uh, we were doing well and um, probably left a couple of scores uh, behind us. Um, so that's really the story of the game. Really, we just left scores behind us. Yeah, a few wides and just some balls dropping short, and that's probably in the end what cost it. Yeah, I think that our stats lads, lads were telling us now that our shooting efficiency was only around fifty percent, and theirs was approximately seventy. So, you know, that's. Um, that's tough. When you're playing the, the Rain and All-Ireland champions, five in a row now, Munster champions, you know, the, the best in the game. It's unbelievable to be up there and a point behind, you know, and obviously have bet them up to now as well. Yeah, well, look, um, sure, look, that's the nature of it. Like, the, um, yeah, that's the standard that you want to get to. Um, and, um, sure, that's, that's it. Yeah. How do you regroup now after this? Sure, we just go back and um, get our um, try and get our, our, our work done and prepare for the next day, um, whoever that's going to be. So um, we have two weeks to prepare, and uh, that's what we'll do. Yeah, he's heartbroken. He is. The thing that I would disagree with there is the first comment where he said we struggle to get those breaks. I think they got a couple of them against Cork. Um, <laughs> I think Tim O'Mahony will feel aggrieved uh, about a one up in the corner against Cork in the say that that game that they won by a point um, mm. it, there's no question that that was, that was a free, it should have been a free but if you're relying on that to get you you know, over the line, you can't be relying on the referee, you can't be looking for scores it was, it was the 12 shots dropped short or 12 shots wide, it was the 6 shots dropped short that's where the game was lost so and in fairness, he on his part there, yeah. well in fairness he, t- he did talk about the efficiency, uh, that was the, the first thing he went for when he was asked about that I, I look, when you're uh, when you're post-match and you're Brian Lowe and you are absolutely making sure that you're in the mind of the referee the next time a call is happening that you're going to get it and that's what all managers would do but just going back to last year Clare and Limerick drew in Ennis in the round robin they drew in the Munster final and goes to extra time and Limerick win by was it a point or two in the end uh, they beat them this year in the Gaelic rounds in the round robin and then they lose by a point at the end of the game like they're right there with the greatest hurling team second greatest hurling team of all time who are on the verge of becoming the greatest team, hurling team of all time I can see why you'd be heartbroken but at the same time it's right there for you come on recover 
Exactly. And I think yesterday, actually, uh, my brother was saying to me, says, Sarah, I don't think that if Clare won yesterday that they beat them. They can't beat them three times in a year. He said, so maybe this is the best thing that happened to Clare. They've lost this, but they have a chance to go at them in the All-Ireland series. And and maybe he's right. Maybe you can't beat a team three times in one year, or certainly Limerick. So maybe Clare is saving the best for last. But they have to improve in terms of their distribution. Cork, the Cork game, they had so much time and space to deliver the ball to the likes of Shane O'Donnell, the likes of Tony Kelly. And yesterday, Peter Duggan, Shane O'Donnell must have been so frustrated because you couldn't tell when the ball was going to be delivered. And that was the difference between Clare and Limerick yesterday. Every time the diagonal ball came into Galan, it was a gift. And that's the kind of distribution that you're talking about when, when you need to big, win big games like this. Clare have to get that right. They have the forwards. They just didn't have the delivery yesterday. Sometimes the difference can be small things, Sarah. I find, uh, certainly on, on, on this show, we, we sometimes don't give credit to the goalkeepers. Nicky Quaid probably deserves a little bit of a mention. Turns 34 today, by the way. Uh, some vital saves, that save from Rodgers in the first half in particular. Um, but maybe sometimes they deserve a little more credit. And Nicky Quaid is such a vital cog of this Limerick machine. Yeah, I think it was that big score with from Darrow O'Donovan. You know, it was the turnover and then he gives a razor pass to O'Donovan and O'Donovan points it from the sideline. I think if I'm being if I'm correct, that's exact that was the literally fifteen second passage that Quaid saw him into the hand, over the bar. It's not just his saves, it's it's that switched on looking for what those those non safe passes. You know, he's he was incredible again yesterday. Owen Murphy the same um, for Kilkenny but you need somebody with that razor sharp composure and, and that's quite happy birthday Nicky <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to the Leinster final um, it, it's very very hard to know what to make of this either right like uh, so from let's start with Galway again so close to winning and so involved in the last minute where they will definitely rue every section of that passage of play where four or five players, in fairness, had the opportunity to prevent the winning score for Kilkenny. So, uh, how do you recover from this? Uh, you, you, you have, don't. You have, you have some experience <laughs> of this. You don't. Haunted, uh, seven years later, Parnell Park, Leinster Club final, playing Thomas Town of Kilkenny, up by a point, last 30 seconds of the game, our keeper bats the ball down, they react quickest to it. It's in the back of the net and it is over. There is no time to recover and still haunts me seven years later. I think Park Mannion, it'll be played on a reel. It, it was a it was a really unfortunate, you know, obviously decision to make to try and boot the ball and he puts it into the path of Killian Buckley. Now, Buckley had so much work to do to get to where he got to, to to put the ball at the back of the net. But again, it was that crazy attitude and work rate from Kilkenny that had them up in the corner, stuck into Galway, not letting them out. They had no right to get that goal and they got it. The devastation on Henry Shefflin's face after the match just summed it up. Uh, I know he said he didn't know what to say to them afterwards, but and we were making the point earlier. Well, this is where you this is where you find out how good you are as a manager because that Galway team are right there in contention to win the All Ireland series. And again, this competition is over. Leinster, you have got to absolutely get over it. And yeah, so there is a pathway for them to get back to a very difficult pathway to get back to an All Ireland final and to win the competition. They're going to have to produce massive performances, but they're really it turns out very clearly capable of it. I still think, though, that it's, 
it's probably to their detriment that Tipperary were so bad against Waterford because Tipperary have been licking the runes in the background now for the last three weeks. They're going to be coming into this game against Galway with a massive point to prove and they will be able to chip away at Galway and I think it's the wrong game for Henry and Galway to get at this juncture after the way they've lost that game It's consistency isn't it Sarah that's a word that, that Liam, Sheedy, Liam Sheedy certainly used last night it's just Galway like it's so hot and cold you don't know what to expect of them even within a game you know they can have yeah. two quarters that are brilliant separated and then two quarters that are terrible um, so like how do you fix something like that they went 6-1 up. Then they were eight points down. Then they went two points clear. Like the, it, I think, though, if you're looking at the goals they conceded, the Mikey Butler goal, stunning goal, mm. but he wasn't tracked. You know, they switched off. He wasn't tracked. He punishes them. Um, Walter Walsh, like, he's coming off the bench. Kilkenny scored 2-4 yesterday from their bench. Your plan A is your first 15. And Derek Ling had to manage yesterday with the injuries to Martin Keown early and the players that he brought in. To get 2-4 from your bench, your plan B is brilliant from Kilkenny. But there's a massive naivety there on Galway's part. Like To allow Walter Walsh to, to run 40 yards and, and not be tagged. At some point, somebody had to step in and, and, and they didn't do it yesterday. So defensively, Henry has a lot of work to do with Galway. I know for Galway fans and, and the culture team as well, it'd be tough to take positives from a result like that. But Conor Whelan's performance certainly has to be one of them. Yeah, I think Jackie Terrell uh, suggested he was a one-trick pony and he's not. And it, it is down to the supply. We spoke at, during the league. Um, you'll remember second league game. I was incredibly frustrated with them in that they weren't able to deliver a ball. They didn't have a, a, a route to goal. And in fairness to... Whelan, he was picking up breaks yesterday. It, it was kind of an old-fashioned style of game. There was a lot of loose ball. There was a lot of high batting. There was ball breaking and, you know, he was on the breaks. Jason Flynn's goal was a stunning goal. There was positives, but they haven't fixed that problem either. There's a route to goal and they haven't found, I suppose, the most efficient way, route to goal. And the most efficient way is the Aaron Galanway lads. And other teams haven't managed to find that way yet or certainly haven't been able to impose that kind of style of hurling on their play yet. The difference between winning and losing, obviously, is you get the, the weeks off and you get a slightly handier route because you're, you're facing teams who are coming back from defeat. And, you know, we do expect that it will be Clare against Kilkenny in, in All-Ireland semi-final again, more than likely. Um, from Kilkenny's yeah. perspective, would they be happy or, like, would they, they feel like, actually, you know what? I, I think from Clare's point of view, you'd have to say that those players that Clare have kind of managed to... I suppose, hold on to this year in the panel, the likes of Ryan Taylor, who didn't go that well yesterday, the likes of Mark Rogers, Aidan McCarthy didn't go well yesterday, but he will have better days. Like, you know, the quality is there. I think they'll be more excited about playing Kilkenny than Kilkenny will be playing Clare because I think that the pressure would be on Kilkenny more so than Clare. Kilkenny delivered last year, Clare did not. Um, you know, it, to have to beat a team that you've already beaten, I think is a harder thing to do. Although you do know that you're capable of just crushing them and like their spirit and their soul and squeeze, you're gone. We did it last year, lads. We don't even think about you. The difference is though, you'll see, I I know we talked about the 2-4 off the bench from Kilkenny, but you're looking at the likes of Adrian Mullen, the likes of Richie Reid. There's the, that quality would have to come back into the Kilkenny panel to be able to get over the line against Clares and Limericks. I I, I think, I, I just feel that 
there's a little inexperience there in the Kilkenny setup that when they meet the Munster teams, they're going to need. It's funny how the list of scorers when you look at a team um, can can be deceiving sometimes because Owen Cody only scored three points and I say only because it's from a total of 421 but every time he gets the ball Sarah you feel like he's threatening and he's, he's trying to create something positive a brilliant performance I love Cody I think um, the lads on the hurling pad were, pod were chatting and I, I, we, I had asked them who would John Kiley put in his team and they reckoned Cody and Desi Hutchinson into the forwards line alongside Aaron Gillan because of their what they offer around the square and how clinical they are around goal and he did the same again yesterday look his decision making is pitch perfect He's, that, that sorry the, the, the actual the, the kick away for the goal at the end like there's nothing in, in that moment a player can do differently is there like <laughs> Mannion you, probably is just do, thinking just, do you genuinely not like, there was ample opportunity to put that ball out over the sideline that's what I was going to ask you yeah. he could have actually he could have actually stood on the ball and fouled the ball and they would have had a free and they you know they could have only got a point out of a free Mannion could have actually fouled the ball there even when the ball's uh, in the corner and it's the, the, there's that frantic, whatever it was, 30, 40 seconds of, of just nobody being able to, to gather the ball. Oh, I'd, I'd have fallen on the ball. I'd have laid on the ball. <laughs> I'd have probably picked the ball off the ground because you what you were giving them was an opportunity to only get one score and they needed two. Put it out for a 65, possibly. Anything. Fall on the ball. Li- it's, literally. It's, I mean, and, uh, there's, there is four Galway lads in between Buckley and uh, the goal. Mm. So, you know, it did still require everybody else. I understand that one player kicks him the ball, but he's so far out, and there is still plenty of room. Like, do uh, look, I, it, it's it's the Harry Ruddle goal. You know, it's it's the Bally Gunner. It's the Bally Gunner goal. It it will haunt Galway for the rest of their years, genuinely. But it was, I think it was meant to be, wasn't it? it was the satisfaction Brian Cody had in the stand afterwards, the big smiley head. Mm. <laughs> it was, look, Kilkenny deserved that. They, they deserve that win for, for the attitude that they showed and actually driving into Galway when the game was over. And you wish other teams had that same character, that same attitude. I, I just think that for Galway now, with Tip coming at them, they're hitting, they're hitting a point here, lads, where they're going to find it very hard to, to beat that Tip team. OK, let's, let's just for a moment have a hypothetical situation where they do manage to get over Tipperary. Does that then... Give them the confidence to go on and say we we can perform in Croke Park. We 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 know that we are good enough. We also have managed to unlock the biggest tactical conundrum we had in uh, Conor Whelan, and so that that's the type of thing that should give them confidence. I don't think Galway are all Ireland champions based on the myriad of games we've seen in the last six or seven weeks. They're not they're not the the full package, um, and it will be um big ask for, for Henry to get them to an All-Ireland Final to win an All-Ireland Final with the quality that's outside of uh, outside of the team OK um, you, you did say you think that it's uh, going to be hard for anybody to beat Limerick at this point that they're going to get more confidence how close are Kilkenny to them? Based on the league final and Parky Heave obviously the two the league and championship performances are pulled apart but I, I genuinely think that Limerick are Three to four points better than Kilkenny. Kilkenny right now, three to four points, no question. And say uh, Kilkenny reach an Ireland final and, and Adrian Mullins' thumb miraculously heals in the meantime, is that enough to get it back to a one-point or two-point game? Because let's face it, like Limerick aren't blowing anybody away at this stage. They're not, but the quality that they were able to bring into the setup yesterday, uh, to be able to bring in Adam English, to be able to bring Carl O'Neill, David Reedy to give the performance that he gave, and you're still 
there's still that ticking over where Garrod Hagerty, Morrissey, Seamus Flanagan, there's still so much hurling left in that group outside of those new players. It, it's only going to get better from Limerick from here. That's, that's all I can see is Limerick to the end. Were there any weaknesses from Limerick that you saw at the weekend? Um, I, I think that uh, without Sean Finn um, and I suppose with that, like Mark Rogers, that pace that mm. uh, the ball comes off the post, um, he turns down Morrissey, you know, balls in the back of the net and um, the, the overlap, they were able to create Claire in terms of their pace and they were able to go at Limerick. Hannon at six, you know, obviously had to come off injured. Defensively, I would say that they are they're they're looking tired. They're they're that group that six that's coming to the end. There's more for, there's four more forward opportunities there than there is um, defensive opportunities for Limerick. So I would say pacier teams, cl- more clinical, more accurate teams will be able to cause Limerick Castle. But their forward play from Limerick is just exceptional right now. All right, Sarah, good stuff. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, lads. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.